This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Bob McGee. Howdy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about kids. Kids. And what we're teaching them. All right. So the other day I had my grandsons over, and and, uh, Bob, you've got grandsons. Tim, you've still got young kids. I do. And, uh, you know, they're really into this video games and stuff like that, and everything's technology nowadays. So they came over, and I'm, you know, watching for the day, and I said, you know what, today... We're going to go outside and we're going to learn a little bit about survival. And Karen's like, my wife says, well, what are you going to do? I go, we're going to go outside and we're going to start a fire. Push them out and shut the door. I go, <laughs> that's survival. We're, we're, going to, we're going to start a fire. She goes, what? I go, yes. yeah. I go, they're old enough. They should know how to start a fire. Yeah. Now, now with, with, with like a lighter or? Well, here's the thing. So I got a backpack full of stuff and I took out a lighter. I took out a flint and uh, stone, and I took out. I couldn't find any matches. You believe that? I yeah. can't find any matches in my house. You could you have matches in your house? You know, we have matches in the bathroom, but that's for specific purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we go outside, and uh, you know, I give them their assignments. I said, "Look, you guys got to go around and find as small little sticks as you can, dry as possible, anything you can that looks like it's going to start a fire." And uh, we're going to uh, try different things. And so we did that. They went around collecting. They had a good time. They're collecting all different size sticks. And I said, okay, you want to put them in different piles and stuff. And and uh, um, then we went about, you know, I showed them how to do the sparking thing. We said the sparking thing. And, you know, at first they were like a little hesitant and they're, you know, scared. They're jumping away from the sparks and so on. And then I showed them, I said, don't worry, look at that. I had sparks flying and, yeah. and nothing happening. And so we did that for a while. And, you know, it's hard to start a fire like sure that. Is. Especially it was, everything was a little, you know, so then I had, I had a little secret weapon in my pack. I had some cotton balls. Aha. Uh-huh. I said, okay, guys, so you see how hard it can be. I said, it can be done. I go, but, you know, I, you got to keep them from getting too bored. So yep. I said, I said, so let's do it with a cotton ball. So I hit that cotton ball a couple of times. It starts smoking. And nice. They were excited. You know, I put it out. I said, okay, you guys try. And, you know, they got the fire going. And, and then the first time, you know, they tried putting too many sticks on too fast. I go, guys, you can't do that. I go, you got to let it build. Start small. You know? Yeah. You got to have patience. So, yeah. that, that's, that, and that's a lesson in and of itself. Yeah. So I got them, uh, 
we got a good fire going, and uh, I transferred it into a legal container, and that fire actually burned for two days. I got rid of a bunch of stuff. Did you really? Yeah. That's yeah. cool, man. You know, we got that field next to us with all right. those sticks in it, so, you know, we put it in a legal container and burned, and they they enjoyed it. And You know, I remember as a kid, me and my brother, going outside, we used to burn trash in the old days. You burned the trash. Yeah. And I loved going outside and starting the fires yeah. in the trash can. And kids don't do that anymore. No, you know? I remember when I was kids, probably um, when I was kids, when I was a kid, um, me and my brother used to use a magnifying glass. Yep. I had and, a, yes. And we used to do that all the time. There you go. And I had a magnifying glass. I don't glass know if my parents me. knew about it, but we did it. Yeah, I had a magnifying <laughs> glass with me, but the magnifying glass, there was no sun. I was all cloudy yeah. that day. And, uh, and I kind of talked to him about, well, what if you didn't have a magnifying glass? What else could you use? And right. Connor said, your glasses, Papa. I go, good, good job. <laughs> I go, go, yeah, you can use the glasses. That's thinking. And so, I mean, so the basis of this conversation is what else, you know, I mean, in this day and age, people got to get their kids out and teach them stuff. Well, I think that's, a, that's the toughest part is, is getting out, right? I mean, and I, I think it's easier for some than it is for others. Um, I think it's more of a challenge for me and, and I think just people in our area in general, just because of, namely where we live. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're suburbs of Detroit and um, there's not a lot of outdoor stuff around. And you try and go to one of the parks around and do that. And yeah, that's no. not going to work. No. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you'll be out of there sooner and, you know, quicker than you think. So I think the, the biggest thing to me is is, number one, the, teaching them to take those times out mm-hmm. in life to go and do that stuff. Number one, because you get so busy with work and school and life and all that kind of stuff that you have to slow down because if you don't slow down, you're going to hit a moment in time where you're going to look back and say, what have I done? Like I've well, worked, I've earned money. I, I got that moment today. <laughs> <laughs> little reminiscing. Well, I'm 64 years old today. Yeah. It's yeah. like, where the heck did it go? When did, <laughs> I, when, when did I become the old guy? You know? You were always the old guy. I know, but, <laughs> but before I could always deny it, you know? Now I'm like, oh it's my not about God. how old you are; it's about how young you feel. I know that, you know. But still, the number does it kind does of freak you out. Yeah, but anyway, so I know you go camping and you yeah, go on trips and stuff. Do you take the kids out and teach them how to use a compass? Oh, that's another thing I did with them that day. I yeah. taught them how to read a map. Yeah. So, Which way's north, south, east, and yeah, west? So and, we and we do. So when we're out camping, and that's our thing. Like those moments in life where we pause and we disconnect and we do all that stuff. That's camping, and that's mm-hmm. what we do pretty much from springtime till late fall time. Mm-hmm. Every weekend we can possibly go. We do. I think last year we spent summerhood somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five days on the road camping, and this year I think we're we're well into the twenties, yeah. um, just getting out and about. And and number one rule is when we go camping um there's no electronics if the weather's bad you know it's raining out there's nothing to do outside we'll consider something different but if if it's not raining out i don't care how cold it is i don't care how hot it is that's what we're doing and so that and that's what we do so in in they're long days. So you got to fill the time with doing something, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and we do one of the things that we love to do as a family is go go on nature walks. So, okay. I'm a I'm a biology major uh, by nature with my degree, and my wife was a science uh, major with her education degree, 
And we both kind of have a similar background there. So we love getting out in the woods and teaching the, the, the natural history, like what plant is this, whether, whether, if you can use it for something, whether it's right. poisonous, you know, and, and just identification and that kind of stuff. And they absorb it really, really well. Yeah. I think the, the hardest thing to teach them is what you are kind of alluding to, which is that patience part. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's that they want to run ahead and they want to just get to where we're going mm-hmm. instead of slowing down and, and missing the morel mushroom that we just passed. That's yeah. my grandson's. And my granddaughter. Yeah. They're at that age to where they just want to go. Yep. And they don't have the attention span to sit there for any length of time and and take in what you're trying to teach them. It's a hard thing to teach somebody that it's not about where you're going. It's about the journey. It is. And and I don't don't think I realize that 90% of the time, too. You know, because you're you're always you're always in a rush to get the next thing done, so you can have that moment to relax. But then you find out at the end of the day, that's never going to happen. <laughs> well, know? that's just like you got to make it happen. <laughs> that's just like uh, when uh, you know we took a trip out to South Dakota this summer with the family, and uh, you know a motorhome trip, and I did ninety percent of the driving, and my daughter asked me, she goes, "Don't you get bored?" And I'm like, "You don't understand. This is." Driving there is, it's not about just getting there. It's, it driving is. there is a big part of it for yeah. me, you know, looking at the landscape and yeah. uh, seeing, you know, one of the things that's happened in my lifetime, like I went out west as a kid. and yep, um, Me too. And, uh, you know, I just remember seeing the prairies and, yep. you know, the farms and stuff like that and saying, oh, my gosh, what a big country this is, you know. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that's happened for me is... Uh, you know, going out west now and you get out there and, you know, they talk about how, you know, there's so much, you know, not to get political, but all this about, you know, saving energy and, uh, uh, you know, clean energy and all this stuff. And now I go out there and I drive across these states and I drive for 100 miles and I'm looking at nothing but windmills. windmills. Mm-hmm. And I think, this is your idea <clears throat> of of saving the earth? Right. It's like, it's it looks horrible, yep. you know? Yep. And I'm like... <laughs> Give me a couple fires with some smoke. There's and I'm gotta okay, be a you know? better way. Yeah, right? I mean, so, but you know, that's that's a whole nother subject. You know, getting back to teaching the kids. Do you, you know, one of the things that I realized too is is that you gotta teach the kids the um, electronic stuff is going to be there for. And so, like a good example is, I think it's a good idea to ke- teach a kid how to use a GPS. Mm-hmm. Along with teaching them how to use a compass. compass. Absolutely. You know, because let's face it, the reality is they'll probably be using GPS. Yep. And it's, you know, the, and that's a good thing. You know, there's a lot to those things to learn how to use. But like if it, it fails. If it fails, right. you got to have your And like so, you mentioned earlier, reading the map, oh, yeah. I, I'm amazed at the number of adults they can't look at a map and figure out where they are and which way they're going. Right. Uh, I'm living. And how to get to the next point by right. looking at a map. And it's it's like it isn't about GPSs and Well, they don't teach that anymore. No. You know, I remember growing up, um, yeah, Boy Scouts was a big thing and they taught you there, but there is in school. Yeah. You learn that. 
you oh. know, you, you learn topography and all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they used to take you out and do that kind of stuff in, in school. And I don't think that that curriculum even exists anymore. I've got a huge map in my den of the world, and I made a game out of it. It's kind of like a Carmen San Diego type thing. You know? Yeah. I told the boys, I said, okay, uh, if you get to the right spot at the end of this, you know, you each get a dollar. And so anytime you're paying money, it's a big deal. You know? Yeah. So, you know, I'd say, okay, I need you to travel northwest about you know across the atlantic you know the pacific ocean until you come to an island and yep. you know and i'd made and i said okay where are you at and i go okay we're you know here and there and yeah and i made him go all around the map finding different things that's pretty cool and you know got them to you know some imaginary ways yeah. okay you guys did it you know yeah that, so so i a little bit back to that survival part there's one thing that is super consistent in the message that I tell them. And this happens every time we walk out the door and I don't care where we're going. I don't care if we're going to grandma's house. That's three miles away or not. It's always be prepared. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't, you know, you, you, you pack for not coming back in case something happens, right? You got to have water. You got the right shoes. If it's going to be cold out at night, you got to bring the right clothes for that because you don't never, you don't ever know what's going to happen. And it's sure. not to me, it's, it's, it's more prevalent to me in the wintertime than the summertime. Summertime, obviously you, you have to have water. You have to have a snack because they're always going to get hungry every 10 minutes as soon as you walk out the door. Um, but it, it's always being prepared. But in the wintertime, what I always tell them is that I don't care if you don't think it's cold outside, you have to at least bring your jacket because what happens if the car breaks down? And right. we're stuck on the side of the road for three hours, and it's 30 degrees out. Absolutely. You're going to freeze. Absolutely. So you have to be prepared for those moments that you don't expect. And we finally got to the point where I still have to tell them because they're never going to do it on their own. Mm-hmm. But they know what to do. Like, they, they get on it, and they know, okay, yeah. water bottle, snack, coat, you know, that kind of stuff. All that stuff kind of travels with them. So yeah. I keep a – myself, I keep a go bag in my car. So my go bag has – yeah, it has, a, it has an extra pair of shoes – um, it's got a jacket, you know, emergency kit, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's, it, that, it's always there. Cause you just, you never know what's going to happen. So for me, for them to be prepared and, and this goes outdoors or just in normal life, you, you don't know what's going to happen and you should be, pre- be prepared to spend some time out somewhere in case something goes yeah. drastically wrong. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll never forget. And, and actually the anniversary hit just this week, um, 15 years ago, the, the blackout. Yes. And I'll never forget it because at that time I was down in Tennessee and it was me and my brother were in the Smoky Mountains camping and we're heading back. It was our last day and we're heading back home. Speaking of kids, Griff's here. What's going on, Griff? You want to come say hi to everybody? Everybody. Here, come say, come say hi. Hi, Griff. Hello. 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 We we were hearing the story about uh, how how your papa was teaching you how to start a fire. I wish I was ninja talking on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just ninja talking. Just exactly what we were talking about. Uh huh. He's talking uh-huh. about video games. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, He's talking about video games. Yeah. So we were we were back home. All right. We were headed back home, and we get just into Ohio. And we're listening to the radio, and all of a sudden the reports start coming on. And we're still in an area where there's electricity. 
And at first you're like, oh, it's a blackout, not that big of a deal. But then then it keeps like they keep escalating it, like how big of it is, how widespread it is and all that kind of stuff. And so we call we call, you know, some people back home, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, power's out. Like there's nothing here. There's nothing around everything for miles. The power is out. And so we we ended up. Um, cause we, we travel prepared and that's the other thing that I always do on long trips is I, I bring a spare gas tank. I bring just like a three gallon gas tank just in case, like you run, you get somewhere, you run out of gas, you got a little bit extra. So we had that, but, but before that we, we stopped and we got gas, you know, where we knew that we could, cause we didn't know when the blackout started. So we start heading back into town. And it just like you hear the reports, it's, it's, there's nothing, they don't know when it's coming back on, you know, and, and all of a sudden it's like, it's like Armageddon. Like there's, there's nobody can get gas, right, nobody right. this, you know, every, everything just goes sideways. And so I look at my brother and I'm like, um, all right, well, let's go back home and check on mom and dad, you know, make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just keep heading North. And that's what we did. So we, we went, we went home, he dropped me off and I actually, I had, I had took my car. Um, I hopped in, I hopped in our car and uh, we ended up driving North and we had to go North about 45 minutes um, outside of the Detroit area for that power grid to come back on. And we finally, you know, we finally hit power and we just, we went up to the nearest campsite up there and we just spent the, spent we kind of lucked out because we were looking at schools for Chris. He was getting ready to graduate from high school and we were actually up in the UP at Marquette at Northern. Yeah. And I remember walking into a motel. We knew nothing about the, the power the, grid yeah. outage and everything. And I asked my sister, does room come with, you know, shower, bath, all that stuff? And they said, well, you know, we're, we're in the UP, but we do have showers and baths and everything. And she says, uh, where are you from? I says, down in the Detroit area. And she, she says, you guys are going through that big power outage. And Mary and I knew nothing about it yeah. until we turned on the TV up there and saw everything from Saginaw down was like, yep. Gone. Gone. Fried. Gone. Gone. I was, I was working on a fan in my house, an overhead fan. Were you? Changing wires and everything. And all of a sudden, the power goes out. So What'd my, you do? My wife's like, what'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm looking. Did I'm you like, think you did something, too? I, I was looking. I'm like, man, I, I know I didn't touch any wires, the wrong wires. I was oh, just, my gosh. And it's it went hilarious. Out. She's like, what'd you do? So then finally, I'm like, I go outside. I'm looking around, and I see one of my neighbors. I go, do you lose power? <laughs> and she's like, that's did you put the whole so neighborhood funny. out? <laughs> no. Oh, my anyway, gosh. That's awesome. And I got called into the fire department and worked like three days straight on that. Deal. No that doubt. Was, that was pretty bizarre. No no 911, no... no uh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. There was, I mean, absolutely nothing. So We had landlines. Did telephone, you have landlines? Telephone landlines were still working. Who has a landline nowadays, though? Well, the fire department. Would yeah. Going, you know, to run off. Yeah. But even, yeah. I mean, and... and, and at businesses, yeah, you you'd probably have a landline, but like my house, yeah, we have nothing but cell phones. And and our our sump pump, come to find out, we were we were still in the UP. My sister in law and brother in law went by to check the house, and the basement had like three inches of water in it. Oh, because the sump pump went out. There was no water pressure. No, nothing. yeah, I don't remember if the. Thank God we didn't have like a huge storm. Yeah, at the same yeah. time, that would have been a complete disaster. Yeah. If we had a if we had some downpours during that time, I don't. But think can you imagine, even ten years from now, that happens again, and the kids that are growing up now that got no they wouldn't clue know what to do. How how not to even survive without oh, technology? 
Yeah. So yeah, and 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 so that that part of that being prepared message that I always give. Yeah. Um, we have an emergency plan. Like my wife and I, we we have sat down and we talked and said, because the the biggest fear for me isn't the power going out. It's me not being able to communicate with my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm out. They're out. I'm at work, or she's at work, or she's with them if it's during the summer. Power goes out. I can get home maybe, or she can get home maybe, or something happens where maybe one of us can't get home and we don't know what's going on. We don't know where every, you know, where each other is at. That's the most stressful thing to me is not knowing where they're at. So we, we have a plan in place where if something like that happened, you know, we go to the house first and if it's like beyond an expected time for them to be there, we have a, we have a meeting place that we meet to. And that meeting place is our camper. <laughs> so our, our camper, you know, we, well, we go to our camp cause that camper is prepped. I mean, if we mm-hmm. ever had to hit the road and go North or do any of that stuff, like we hook up, we go, it's all ready heat, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right, so right. generator that's, and that's all that. That's me with so, my motor home. Yeah. Everything. I so need. we, yeah. So we have a specific plan in, in place, you know, to do that, but it's just part of the, like the. I think teaching the kids and the kid, the kids were sitting there, you know, and we're talking about this and they're like, what? Like, and the, cause we were talking about the blackout and they had no clue that that happened, obviously. Right? Oh, school's well before, out. Yeah. Well before their time, but it was pretty cool. So, um, to, to watch the reaction to the conversation that we were having. So they were, they were yeah. pretty interested in that, but, um, yeah, for me, I mean, my kids are still, they're, they're, they're young, but they get it. They're 10 and they're eight years old. So, I mean, for me, getting them outside and teaching them as much knowledge as I have to them, you know, with, with, with nature and conservation, fishing, all that kind of stuff, I think to me is the biggest gift. Because I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my family wasn't an outdoors family. They, right. they yeah. were, you know, we, we well, were we, the normal we, dad worked. and We you know. camp, but I learned a lot through scouting. Yeah. You know, back in the day, boy scouting was a good deal. Yep. You know, you learned a lot, and uh, and I I actually went on to go into explorers, which when you get into explorers, they usually pick some type of a, a you know, it could be a police, or it could be fire, it could, well, ours was camping, yeah, camping and and uh, roughing it. So we learned a lot about outdoors. So. That's really cool. Very, very cool. Which was, which was really good. So, you know, just something, you know, get your kids out there and start teaching them what you know. And if you don't know, the one good thing about technology, and you can go on the Internet and Google how to how to start a fire, how yeah. to oh, you can how to build anything. how to build a shelter, what plant you know the the thing the skill you were talking about being a biologist I think that's tremendous being able to identify what you can can and cannot eat. You watch mm-hmm. these survival shows and that's the big difference between that's the, the big ones thing. who make it and don't make it. If they can yep. look at a plant and say, oh, I can eat that and get protein from it, or I can eat that and it's good for this and that, yep. you know, or worse. If I eat that, it's going to hurt me. I'm screwed. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No, that's absolutely true. So, yeah, I think getting getting people outside and, and, you know, at the younger age of kids, it's it's not so much about them retaining those skills, right? Mm-hmm. Those skills come with practice and right. over time. What it is about, though, is getting them excited to be outside. And you yeah. want to talk about not, you know, kids not being on their phones. you got to give them a desire not to be. Because right. that's the default nowadays is to sit in front of a TV or be on a phone and play a video game all day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want that, well, then you got to do something different. You got to right. get them excited about something different. And, yeah. and that's what we try to do. So, and, and it works. I mean, we, we spend so much time out, you know, outdoors, like my kids at home, 
that's all they want to do is be outside and play. So it's pretty it's pretty cool to watch that happen because that's you good. don't see that a lot. So yeah, no, I like that. And it's struggle some days. Don't I'm not gonna lie. I mean they, they, yeah. they do there are those fights. You know, when they want to play their video games, they want to play their video games. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's balance there, but there's definitely opportunity to teach and, and embed that in them. So, Well, with that, you know, we're going to call it a day on that. The only thing I see is, folks, get your folks. There you go. Dave see, loves. that's the old Dave loves when phrase. I say folks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get your kids it. out there. Teach them something. And uh, you will enjoy it. They will enjoy it. And, and uh, life will be better all around. Yeah. Yes, it will. Get outdoors. Get them outside. We'll, we'll uh, talk to you next time on the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. It's Jamie from the BHP Podcast. Wanted to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, Skullhooker Racks Inc., Vanguard Outdoors, Beyond the Ears, Crossman, and Stealth Cam. These sponsors are the rock behind our awesome podcast. Make sure and check them out. Hey guys, can't get enough of the Boner Plant Podcast? You need more episodes? Well, check us out on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash BHP Podcast to join the Golden Arrow Club and get exclusive access to new episodes every week. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time.